No ketchup. No ketchup. Good, my people. Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I'm your host, a little big dick to click with me. As always, NFL Week 4 is loading. So we have to talk about all the storylines, things that need to happen ASAP. If you're in Denver, you may think that Sean Payton's got to wrap it up. Or is it Russell Wilson? Should the Minnesota Vikings move Kirk Cousins? We can talk about the Bears. I don't even know if I have it in me to talk about the Bears this morning, but uh, a lot of a lot of different NFL storylines coming up, and we'll give you our best bets of the week. So tune in, stay locked. No catch up. Sports Talk via Chicago. We here. Big Nick the Quick. What's happening? How we feeling? How we feeling? Man, right before we hopped on, we were talking about uh, this is this is like a, this is living in New York. This is a this is a new this is a New York only situation. <laughs> yeah, but like laundry man. I just so for those who don't know, I live in Brooklyn. I don't have a I don't have washer and dryer in unit, and my building is so old they don't have washer and dryer in the like they don't have on premises washer and dryer. So for the last couple of years, for a while, I've dropped I just walk down the street, drop my clothes off at a washing fold. They wash them. Fold them up. I go pick them up. Done and done. So, like usual, I go to pick up. I come. I get back from Toronto. I go to pick up my laundry, and I open it last night to get some shit out of it. <laughs> it's not my clothes, man. These are not my. This is not my bag, bro. And the reason I got confused is because at this cleaners, they'll give you like a, a branded bag from their cleaners. So it's so it's like it's a purple bag. It says the cleaners on the side. So I'm assuming a lot of people use these bags, drop them off, and he just grabbed the wrong one. Because I typically bring my hamper over there. That that's like individual. Like it's like a suitcase that's individual to me, right? And he knows he gives it to me. But apparently, I'm actually not as I don't know why I'm not as stressed about this as yeah, I, I should be. I would be. I would kind of. I'm, I'm gonna run be, over dude, there. I'd be so worried about my shit. Like so, this, this whole this whole experience is is nerve wracking to me right now. I was hearing you describe it. Yeah, as soon as I get the off situ- of here, the whole situation is crazy. Yeah, Sean, hey, Sean is out here really, uh, really doing the big city life, man. Trying to really. grind, man. Came out to New York on a full grind, full grind. Yeah, I mean, living so, in a smaller crib than he had in Chicago. He's got to wash his laundry, wash his laundry to the spot. Like I couldn't even. I don't think I've ever, not since college, have I lived in a situation where my shit wasn't in the unit. Um, I yeah. couldn't imagine that. And obviously now it's in the house, but like I'm the type, it's like Friday night. It's like, oh, should I want to wear that tomorrow? I'll just wake up in the morning, throw it in at like five, throw it yeah. in the dryer and it's ready to go for me uh, by the afternoon. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah, you got to really plan out when you're doing laundry and shit. That's crazy. I haven't yeah, thought I'm not living it. that life at the moment. Yeah, so. man. That's crazy. Did you, do you have in unit at the crib? It. You got in unit yeah, at the Chicago crib? Yeah, inside, inside your actual shit? Or yeah, is it yeah, in the course. building? No, in unit. In, in unit. unit. Yeah, like yeah, wake up course. right there. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So just the little things. Just a different thing, man. Different life, man. In New York, trying where they to, want to, to make it happen. They want an extra thousand dollars a month to have a washer dryer in your building. Yeah, probably no. Like in unit, dude. In unit, you <laughs> no, just not even don't in unit, find just in the building. In the basement. In the building. Like, like, want a grand? That shit should be pretty <laughs> standard. But my my shit is far, man. I mean, I'm not far, but my building is really old. I guess right. my shit's like a hundred years old plus. So. The 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 building is not in the best, but the units are nice. So the unit I'm in is nice, so I can't complain. No, I'm gonna come on, man. What are we talking about? Stop it! Stop it! No, 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 none of that. None of that. that. Big Big brownstones on my block. You know what I'm saying? So, nah, don't worry about that. Let's get into it. NFL Week Four is loading. We got a lot to talk about because it's the NFL. NFL Week Four. That means we got tons to go over. Big to quick. Where do you want to start? Because I know the biggest storylines for me are. Oh, let me ask you this. Actually, we'll we kick it off with this question because this will lead us into a lot of different things. For you, when do you start taking teams seriously? Is it Week Four? Is it Week Five? Is it right around Week Six or Week Seven? 
yeah. the jury's still out on a lot of these teams. When do you typically feel like the cream rises and you can start actually believing in teams it, in the NFL? It's crazy how much that extra week, that 17th game, kind of changes things now because it used to be real nice to put the season in little four-game quads. Yeah. Um, and now you got that extra game, so it changes a little bit. But I'm I'm not the type of person where um over or under, if that's a term, over or underreacting um when it comes to like a week three. I'll probably say around week five. I actually think I again like this week to me was always gonna whatever be one you of those, click it, whatever you're yeah, clicking, G. Yeah, what's yeah, your this, you nervous, this week, G? You <laughs> this nervous week to me, <laughs> this week to me was always gonna be um one of those fluky weeks. Like I think we talked about it yesterday. When I saw the Cowboys go into Phoenix, I was like, this is this is a loss. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that would make me take the Cowboys in this situation. I understand how good they looked the first two games of the season. I understand how bad the Cardinals have looked. I understand the Cardinals aren't actively trying to win games. That's why I wouldn't take the Cardinals, but you couldn't get me to take the Cowboys in that situation because it's again, it's week three. Fluky shit was bound to happen. They had the major Trayvon Diggs injury. And um, I just I just thought that, yeah, this is the week where kind of weird shit happens. So then what else do we see? We see a 50-point loss in Miami. We see Houston get uh, Houston smack up the Jaguars. You just saw a lot of a lot of fluky shit out there. So it, it's way too early to have a firm opinion on any team, I feel like. Um, but obviously, you've learned some things, for sure. But it's not like, hey, the, the teams that's really good right now is who's going to win, right? I think a lot of people forget or don't pay enough attention to it's all about playing your best at the end of the year when you're heading into the playoffs and winning those crucial games. So, like, you could be really good right now, and if that shit dies off by the end of the year, it doesn't matter. Remember Seattle a few years ago when you had the Russell Wilson MVP pick? Weren't they, like, 7-1, yeah. and one, right? Looked like the best team in the league. My man's on the way to win the MVP. Dude, Everything looked great. Second half of the season, it completely crashes and burns. So, obviously, you yeah. want to get off to a good fit a good start. You want to establish good habits and everything like that, but I'm not writing any story after week three because fluky shit happens again. Um, you know, you watch these games this week and it's like, oh, the Cowboys are terrible. Like, you know, everything's crazy. It's uh, But that's not necessarily the case. It was just a bad game in a bad spot. You and I yeah. both lived in Phoenix, man. You know the deal. That's a tough place to go to that, if you're not focused that week. I actually saw a number. Oh, oh, you're talking about, oh, I see what you're saying. Listen, <laughs> it's a tough place to be. It is. I it's the truth. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. when I saw that game, I'm like, this team is 2-0. They're feeling themselves. Feeling themselves. It's just a tough spot. It was a tough spot. I've always not liked going out there to play. I always feel like teams struggle a bit out there, no matter what the Cardinals are throwing out on the field. And just with the distractions and the different things going on, look, your best uh, – a lot of your best situations are in Scottsdale. We'll put it that way. You know, what I mean, there's a couple cities across the country that that your situations are a little bit different, and and Phoenix Scottsdale area is definitely one of them. And I feel like they just got distracted out there. And got yeah, smacked. it used to be the a really tough ATS place. They were just always remember I used to pound the Cardinals. Yeah, it hasn't been. I was it hasn't, Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been as lucrative the last four or five years, but there was a stretch where people would just always undervalue going out to Arizona and yep. playing the Cardinals, and it wasn't it. I would say week five or week six for me. That's when we really start to solidify who's the real deal because I think as early as it sounds, week five, week six, teams, I don't want to say fold, but teams that are not going to compete will start to try different things, and certain teams will buy, or certain teams will buy in. Certain teams will buy out. Certain players will buy in. Certain players will buy out. I should go back and look at the ATS records starting like after five or week six. But I think it also has a lot to do with the carryover, right? I believed in Miami's offense last year, so them showing up this year, absolutely going lights out on the offensive side with McDaniel singular in his second year, that doesn't shock me. It's so it's Black Mike, Black Mike, Black Mike McDaniel singular. Doesn't shock me. So it's all about the carryover as well. But let's get into uh, our hometown division and talk about Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins on the last year of his deal. Big Nick the Quick laid out a question just flat out. Should Minnesota be looking to move Kirk Cousins? Right now, they are 0-3. Nothing really shaking. They were coming into the year, we're on a silent rebuild. But if you were paying attention, you could you could tell what was going on. Zadarius Smith, a lot of their big boys on the defensive side of the ball, 
weren't coming back. It was clear that they were trying to retool because Kirk Cousins was not going to be the quarterback of the future and is in the last year of his deal. Do you think, Big Nick the Quick, that the Minnesota Vikings should move Kirk Cousins? Yeah, so I think if I'm Minnesota, we talk about week five, week six, I think you got to take a hard look at your situation within the next couple of weeks. So they got, uh, who do they got coming up? They got the Panthers, the Chiefs, and the Bears. So like these next three games, with two of them that should be extremely winnable, if you don't come out this stretch two and one, uh, you need to seriously consider moving on from Kirk Cousins. Um, I know that's very like NBA of us. It's kind of almost baseball of us, where it's like halfway through the year, we're not there, we're just trading everybody. Um, but if you don't, you're kind of caught in a situation where you're going to have to pay him huge money in the offseason. It hasn't gotten you where you want to be or really anywhere close to where you want to be. You've been competitive. There's been some moments, obviously, last year was a highlight, but they've all kind of ended in the same way. And you're just going to kind of be stuck in this situation. Whereas if you were to move a midseason and you have some of these teams who might still think they're in it, right? Like, and everybody likes to throw around the Jets. I don't know what assets the Jets have to trade for Kirk Cousins. Um, but whatever, you might find some team that's quarterback hungry that believes that adding Kirk Cousins into the mix in week five, week six might make a difference for them. And you can fleece them and you can really start your rebuild. So if I was them and I'll come out of this one and two over these next three games or God forbid, oh, and three, I'm 100% moving on from Kirk Cousins and starting to retool my team. Yeah, you got right Justin now. Jefferson you can build around. You got some other young pieces that are there, but um, you're, you're not going to contend. The other thing is, if you look at the Packers and the Lions, are you better than either of those teams right now? Probably not, right? Maybe better than the Packers. I know the Packers got a little bit of luck. Everybody's all on the Jordan Love train right now. Let's not forget that Derek Carr did go down in that game. Um, he did he did beat a Jameis Winston on those on that that twenty point comeback or whatever, but still, uh, the Packers are better than them, and I think the Lions are better than them. So it's like, hey, we're the third best team in this division. We've already started off zero and three. Like, can we put together the type of run that's going to get us into the playoffs? And I don't know if they can. So I would for sure. I agree. I'd have to move Kirk Cousins as soon as possible, and I would just go. Hands You'd be doing select. it now. You'd be looking at it right now, or would absolutely. You wait? Okay. Absolutely. Well, look, because they told you coming into the year they were gonna they they weren't gonna try to compete. They moved off a ton of their guys on defense, and silently they have one asset. They let Dalvin Cook walk, like no problem. It's Darius. I should go pull up the the Minnesota Vikings transaction list coming into the summer. I don't I don't have the names off the top of my head, but they let for Hendricks. They let go. They let go of all their guys, and then didn't even think about adding. Uh, adding Cook, and then clearly they re-signed Kirk Cousins to a one-year deal right now is on a one. I'm going to go through his uh, contracts, by the way, basically, just, just so you can have a have a have have fun this afternoon. He's currently on a one-year $35 million deal. It's clear that after this year they're going to try to reset it. I would try to find a desperate team like the New York Jets. I would have traded him to the New York Jets in week two. Like that, as soon as – they moved off of Kendrick, Thielen, Dantzler, Peterson, Tomlinson, Shelley, Irv Smith, Chris Boyd, and Shandon Sullivan. So, yeah, they moved yes. off a bunch of guys. Bunch of guys. All solid NFL guys, too. Yeah. Veterans. Cook, they weren't interested in even discussing. I didn't even uh, talk to him. So, that, thanks, didn't even Didn't even talk yeah. to him about staying around. And I understand he's a running back, and I get that. But, yeah, they didn't even talk to him about staying around. Then they, they re-signed Kirk on a one-year, almost like, let's go ahead and just pay this fee and act like we're going to try to win and reset this thing once he's done. Now, what Jeff, what's going to happen with Justin Jefferson is going to be interesting because he is an absolute monster. Yeah. He'll, sign so, the, he'll sign the largest deal for any wide receiver in NFL history. Yeah, coming off the OPOI last year, he has been sensational. So, uh, yeah, I would – letting guys go for free, just like NBA, you got to get something for these guys, especially if you can find someone desperate that'll take him on a rental. It's not like you're asking the team to take on a big number in a, in a huge contract. All you're doing is saying, hey, this guy's worth well, – I mean, and you could figure out a way to take some of that money from them well, and I feel pay like most of Cousins' more. money is probably already paid, too. A lot of that money is – I think yeah. you're really just trading the base salary when you move these guys. So yeah, the base I, I, salary for him is only $10 million. Yeah, it's not that much money. Yeah, exactly. So, let, and okay, so let's have some fun. Let's go back and look at our guy, Kirk Cousins, the money man. Four-year deal out of college, right? Four years, $2.5 million. Obviously, nothing there. He gets franchised in 2016. So that was $19 million. He gets franchised again 
That's 24 million. So he got 20 and 24 million in two years. So he signed a two year, basically $22.2 million and that's deal. All guaranteed his franchise. All guaranteed. All guaranteed, up front. all guaranteed money right after his uh his rookie deal. So in his first six years in the league, he was basically making like almost eight million per. Yeah. As a fourth round draft pick. As a fourth round draft. He came in as a backup. Exactly. Then he signs with the Minnesota Vikings in 2018. Three-year deal, $84 million, $84 million guaranteed. Then in 2020, he signs a two-year deal, $66 million, 31 million, or all total guaranteed, 66. First of all, since Kirk Cousins has been on a absolutely fully guaranteed deal since 2016. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Since 2016, every <clears throat> single dollar of his contract has been guaranteed for Kirk Cousins. So he closes out the two-year $66 million deal from 20, uh, 2020 to 2022. Then in this final year, he signs a one-year for the Minnesota for $35 million guaranteed. And my guess is next year, he'll hit someone for another 70 for two. He'll just continue to he might to, get more than he might to, get more to than rack that. it up. Didn't Garoppolo get seventy million for two or sixty million for two or something like that? I feel like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins gets look at Kirk Jimmy. Cousins gets a three year deal. He's the money man. The money man. He he don't sign <laughs> three. He, he he only signs two year deals. Yeah, because he knows he get deals. more money every two years. Yeah, yeah, give me more the money. Money man. More money Shout comes off as wholesome and all that, but Kirk is on his paper. Kirk man. about he his paper, man. And you want to talk about a guy who overall took a pretty bad situation as far as when he was drafted. Don't forget, he was drafted the same year as RG3, right? So the Skins take RG3 number two overall and then draft Kirk Cousins in the same exact draft in the fourth round, right? So it's not like he came in with any expectations of ever really playing because, again, you're drafted behind the uh, the eventual starter. Obviously, everything happens with uh, – no, not everything happens. Let's call it like it is. Mike Shanahan tries to kill – uh, Robert Griffin III in the playoff game. Pause on that. Again, Mike Shanahan tried to kill Robert Griffin III in the playoff game. Kyle was there too. Um, and so he goes down. Obviously, Kirk Cousins steps into place, and the rest is history. Refuses to sign a deal in Washington, right? Refuses to take any contract or offer him. Says, nope, I'll just keep getting franchised. To your point, that makes him $44 million. Then goes the uh, the Vikings and just clears up money. I mean, yeah, shout out to him, man. Great career. It's great. And then got Netflix money too. Yeah, I wonder how that goes. But I will say this, man: if you watch that Netflix series, that dude is working hard, bro. Oh, he is, man. Shout out, Kirk. He gets he, hit a lot too. He's working hard, bro. I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> he got hit. He got hit, and he comes off the sideline. Coach is like, "You're right." He's like, "No, it hurts." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he for like half the quarterback Kirk Cousins season, he's like the whole. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> or he's in his basement getting stretched out by his entire he has like a he has like a full massage staff in his crib. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah shout out Kirk. Shout out man. Kirk, big, man. Big Kirk. money Kirk, man. Yeah. Big money Listen, Kirk. I can't knock it, man. We can't we can't sit here and celebrate all the guys getting their money and not give ultimate respect to Kirk Cousins. Career earnings of two hundred and thirty two million dollars in the NFL. Shout out Kirk, man. And, and, and loading. It's a lot of money for Jesus. Shout out Kirk. <laughs> all right. Another thing. Big Nick the Quick that needs to happen in the NFL right now. You asked if Peyton, Sean Payton of the Broncos, was going to make it through the year. You messaged me that. Do you think he should make it through the year? Do you think we're jumping to conclusions here? Do you think uh, this needs to be a Vance Joseph thing, the D.C.? Of the Denver Broncos, Vance needs to go too. That they all need to go. Um, I think that number already, but like seriously, I know, I know, we joke around. No, no, I'm being dead serious. I think that this situation is really bad. I think it started off really bad. I hated the way that Peyton came in. Um, You know, you could talk about the Hackett thing. You could talk about it's almost like I think we talked about this before, but he came in like I hate the hard ass approach, right? He came in with like this super hard ass essentially saying fuck Russell Wilson this is my situation and it's my way or the highway and all that stuff and like I get it it was an awful year for Russ Wilson awful year on the field I'm assuming awful year personally right he was getting destroyed left and right and a lot of it was his own doing and then it doesn't help that when you go on the field you're absolutely terrible 
Um, but to come in like that, I feel like he came in like Sean Payton was like the football god. And I want to talk about Sean Payton, right? Um, Sean Payton, if we're being completely honest here, I have never fully understood the Sean Payton love fest as if this guy won multiple Super Bowls. That team went to one Super Bowl, and it was in 2009. It is 2023. I've never seen a guy get so much love for coaching a team that consistently fell short of expectations in the playoffs. Yes, those Saints teams were entertaining. Yes, Drew Brees was great. We all love the story. It was wonderful. They scored a bunch of points. But let's be honest here, right? After they won the Super Bowl, Sean Payton lost an NFC wildcard game, lost an NFC divisional game, lost an NFC divisional game, then didn't go to the playoffs for three years, then lost an NFC divisional game, lost an NFC championship game, lost in a wildcard game, lost in divisional game. What are we talking about here? It's Mike McCarthy. I see Mike McCarthy. I really do. I see a guy who won one Super Bowl and then kind of fell short after that. So I don't know. I, I was kind of miffed at how he came in like that as if he was like Bill Parcells or something like that. So that was my first issue with it. Well, does, then, but, but, well doesn't Parcells only have two? Yeah, that two is a lot more than one. <laughs> Isn't it? But I was be honest. Because you can flukily win one. You win two, it's like, okay, hey. Fluke, Eli hold Manning. on, hold your on. Boy, hold Eli, your boy Eli Manning. And hey, when he got the second one, it's like, hey, listen, man. Let but, me make sure Parcells has two. I think he but, does have two. He I think he only has two, right? Either way, okay, Bill Belichick, whoever it might be, regardless, we acted like Sean Payton was like this football czar. That was uh, that was you know going to fix everything that was going to be wrong over there. You come into the season, team looks like shit. You go to Miami, you're over here calling another coach the worst coaching job in NFL history. Meanwhile, you're losing by fifty, right? And it's not Russell Wilson's fault you lost by fifty. That was a team effort. You're in charge of that team, and it just seems like the guy's kind of an asshole, man. I, I just I don't really see that situation getting better. Hold on. So he, has, he hasn't fixed anything in the time that he's been there. As a as Chicago, I'm I'm shocked that you're saying this. By the way, that Sean Payton's a fraud. Yes. Oh, he's fraudulent. No, 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 no. Listen. Tell you about your joy, your boy Drew for Brees. for a team that we the as Chicago Bears fans we've won ten games plus, maybe four times. Did we, we have we had a Hall of Fame quarterback four times in the last. I don't know, bro. 30 yeah, with, years? With, with no Hall of Famers at quarterback. Why Sean, did we give a pass to Sean Payton? It was Sean 2009. Payton. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. In nine of his 16 years as a head coach, he's won 10-plus games. And a lot of these are 11, 13, 13, and 12. He won the Super Bowl and then followed it up by 11 wins, 13 wins, 11 wins. One of those losses is we, uh, we clipped him in the playoffs once as well. Playing, pl- playing in a sus division. Relatively yeah. sus. It's, well, it's been, there's been some flashes in the pans. You've had some Atlanta yeah. years. You've had a one-year yeah, yeah. dude. You had Tom Brady at the tail end. And he wasn't even there for Tom Brady. That was Dennis Allen. And a sus – what are we – the guy has he hasn't been to the Super Bowl since 2009, and he only came close one time. And that Rams game was bullshit. But hey, look, that's it. Out of all the coaches that are in the NFL, the carousel, and the guys that come in and come out, Sean Payton is one of the better coaches in the NFL. He's a good me. coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but we're we're hitting, we're going over here acting like Sean Payton is like this guy who comes in and everything he touches turns to gold. What I'm trying to tell you is those New Orleans teams won in 2009 and then didn't do anything for the next 12 years. They didn't have yeah. Tom Brady in that division. What about that P.I. They didn't have Payne Manning in that division. What about that, that was the P.I. NFC. call? Who? That P.I. call, that no P.I. call. Yeah, that's one where they got hosed on. Other than that, that's fine. <laughs> what about what about wild card, wild card, division, division, wild card, wild card? What, what about one championship appearance after 2009? One NFC championship appearance after 2009 with that team. Not a Super Bowl, okay? It's enough to, to ask them to get to the Super Bowl. One NFC, that is Mike McCarthy. What's the difference between Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy? I could pull up Mike McCarthy's record in Denver. It's going to be in uh, Green Bay. It's going to be the same. Winning 11, 12 games every year and falling short in the playoffs. Well, and beating up on a weak division. This is the thing. In the NFL, if you win a Super Bowl, you're good. Yeah. That's my point. And I don't think anyone has embodied that more than Sean Payton because he's great now. He's great. 
So like, my point he's is sensational. This. Also, yeah. Sean Payton against the spread is very good. That's yeah, that's fine. Look, that's hey, well, that, well, that, hey, that counts for shit. By the it, way, it it does not not when you're not when you're evaluating their football team. 133, 108, and three against the spread. In his Nobody career. wants to play in the Superdome. As an underdog, 46, 30, and two. So my point is this: pretty much the way that he came in and the results so far don't match up. I would give them a couple more weeks, but this situ- that's a situation like we talked about the other day with the Bears thing. Like it's like, hey, how is this going to get better? Um, I look at the same thing in Denver. Like they don't have anything; they're not playing well. They're zero and three, and they just lost by fifty and quit. What is this we, first? So, so hold on, Nick. So it's his first year, by the yeah. way. So it's three. We're three lost, games they in. Lost pa- by fifty. Pack it up. You're, you you would just move off Sean Payton already. Like another week. <laughs> Be, Nick would Nick Nick would be George Steinbrenner if he had a franchise. Oh, yeah. Folks would be getting fired left Billy, and right. Did he fire Billy Martin five times and retire or something? Gee, like fifty? Did we just lose by fifty? No, yeah, bro. No. Everybody fucking. Everybody's fired, on bro. alert. Everybody well, here's another thing: you can't move off of Wilson. I, I, I think it's funny. Like we talked about this with Kyler Murray, but like everybody's like, "Yeah, you move off these quarterbacks." And we looked at the contracts. You can't move off of Russell Wilson. You can't do anything with it, or else yeah. you're gonna be paying him forty million dollars a year to not be on your roster. Yeah. He is your quarterback. You can move off of Sean Payton a lot easier than you can move off of Russell Wilson. No question. That's the reality of the situation. And if it stays like this, you got to move off of somebody. You can't run this back for year two. So at the end of the year, oh man, I don't know. That's dude. But how, how, what Bears fans and Broncos fans are in very nasty situations. Well, they're in a worse situation because we don't know our quarterback. Look at this, this contract for uh, your man's cash cap hit. Dead cap number doesn't go down until 2026. Read it off. Even then, it's a $31 million dead cap number. So you can get out of paying him in 2026, but you'll still carry a $31 million dead cap number. They want to get off of him next year? Fine. $85 million dead cap number. Want to get off of the year of that? $50 million dead cap number. You're not yeah. doing that. Yeah, and with a coach, you don't have to worry about the cap. That's just Don't worry about the cap. You just got to pay him. Eating the money. Eating the cash. Listen. And that's I the Walmart family. They got cash. They're good. This is a perfect game. They definitely got the cash. Lewis Hamilton is sick, is, is sick right now. It's never a – yeah, shout out Lewis. He does, <laughs> he does own a piece of the Broncos. Let's understand it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the – yeah, the coaching thing is you can just you just have to eat the bread. Also, the bread. it's becoming very, very clear with the Broncos situation, with the Bears situation – Come if you are gonna rebuild, go. Everything needs to be done at the same time. The coach and the quarterback need to come in together. All that stuff needs to come in together because it's essentially an arranged marriage. When when it's not that way, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But at least I made the decision that I wanted to be with said person. All these people adopting quarterbacks. When stuff starts to go wrong, it just doesn't work, man. Unless you're the top, top guys in the league, it, it, it's really tough. If you're middling and trying to rebuild and start over, I would highly suggest going to get a quarterback and a coach at the same time. No question. Yeah. I mean, that situation is bad because the amount of money owed. Um, and it's the same thing with Kyler Murray as far as everybody saying, oh, they're just going to draft uh, Caleb Williams. It's like, Kyler Murray's contract kicks in next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not getting rid of him. Like he's, that's even worse. Like you're with him. He's got like four more years before you can even get out from under that deal. So I mean, yeah, these these, these are really should be talking about what are the worst situations going forward in the NFL, and it's the Bears, the Broncos, potentially the Cardinals, um, situations like that. Yeah, but the Broncos and Cardinals are in a different one because you owe all that money. At least we don't owe money. If Fields is, is dust at the end of the year, bye. We don't owe anybody any money. But we got to pay DJ Moore eventually. That's it, right? So, like, we can move on. It's just going to suck to watch. Whereas these guys, like, if I'm Denver, you're in a really bad situation. You might be able to trade Kyler Murray. You might. Nobody wants Russell Wilson. Nobody wants the player and nobody wants the personality. He's not even in commercials anymore. Like, I've never seen a guy, and you were on it early. We need to go back to that first episode we recorded. I think it was our, our season opening episode last year before the season started. 
you went on about Russell Wilson and being a phony and all that. And I was kind of like, eh. And then literally, like, within the next few weeks, it all came out. And yeah. shit hit the fan and all went downhill from there. Guy was in every commercial. Haven't seen him in a commercial since. Dropped by Subway. Dropped by everybody. Like, it, it, it's a bad situation over there. So yeah, I, it just doesn't. It just doesn't pay to be a fun. Yeah, it's just a. Oh, it's just so much phoniness. Yeah, that that week one in Seattle was some of the phoniest shit I've ever oh, seen. Terrible. Out of a human being in the my suit? entire is that life. Is wore the suit? In a yes. In a in a <laughs> the world silver that's, suit, right? In a, like yes. A silver suit. Yes. Yeah. In a world that's full of phonies <laughs> with this the the social media clout chasing and everything, where everything is just for show, that dude takes the cake. Yeah, no, no doubt. So, so no, and no, and no one wants him in the building. And now you can't play. That's the other thing. Now you really can't play, and it looks like you have been able to play for a while. Yeah, smart by the Seahawks. Last thing before we get into these best bets for NFL Week Four, talk to me about the Jets situation. I guess you have to move off. We were watching Get Up together this morning. We were talking about yeah. it offline, and. Well, hold on. Before we move off that, Dante actually laid out a really good point. He said, Russell seems like he's always been the same. I don't see him as a phony. That's just kind of who he is. You have any thoughts on that before? I think before? who he is comes off as, as phony to people. Yeah, I don't think it's like he switched up. Um, but but if you remember, they never liked him. Sherman and all of them always were like, we don't fuck with this dude. Yeah. Right? And that's been going on forever. And it was always one thing like, why? Why don't they fuck with him? Like, you know, I mean, yeah, we get it. He's corny, but like, now you kind of see why. You see exactly what they were talking about. So yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think he's getting up in the morning and putting on a face. Right? Like I don't think he's getting up in the morning and saying this is what I'm going to be, but I just think it's who he is. And he's just not a likable person. You know what I mean? Like No, yeah, I, I think I, I don't I, think Russell Wilson is sitting in, in 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 the house with his dad like, yeah, man, these mother, you know what I'm saying? Like he's not that's just not yeah. how he is, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. yeah, I think he's like that all the time. Uh, but you know, yeah. I think when I say phony, I think it's just a very constructed what people I need to be media present face. Sure. On I need to act the way people think I should act. And it's it's just very constructed. Yeah. And it's always been that from the beginning, going back to Seattle. It's also proof that look, man, none of that shit matters if you're playing well, right? Because again, those whispers were always there. They became very loud. At once they started losing. By week three last year, Russell Wilson was the worst person on the planet. They canceled yeah. his sandwich at Subway. Remember that? No, Pull, pulled his ads. I mean, it was fucking terrible. I've never, I had never seen anything like it. The guy went from being one of the most marketable players in the NFL to a pariah yeah. in a matter of three weeks. Talk to me about Zach Wilson, Jets situation, because I thought Dominique Foxworth made a really good point. Yeah. Foxworth said they are, or I think it was Greeny actually said. The team is getting ready to implode because they cannot get over the fact that this dude's playing quarterback because they know he's not – he doesn't have it. He can't do it. He can't get them over the hump. So it's like we're almost running out here every week for not. Yeah. I uh, I thought that the point that Greeny made was great. I thought, he, yeah, he essentially said it doesn't matter who you start. It just can't be Zach Wilson because the confidence in Zach Wilson has eroded so much that you could put – Nick Harvey in their quarterback on Sunday, and those guys are going to be more hopeful because they just don't believe in Zach Wilson no matter what he does. Um, and I'll take us a step further. Part of that is on the Jets, right? You you essentially spent the end of last year and all summer showing how little confidence you have in him, right? Because you were going after, and it's not just Aaron Rodgers. Easy to say, well, they were going after Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't just Aaron Rodgers. Two weeks before they got Aaron Rodgers, they had Derek Carr in the building for a free agent pitch. Don't forget that, right? That says a lot to the players that are in the building. It's like, oh, you really don't believe in the guy we got. It's not just going after the generational talent. You will take a B-level guy or a B-minus level guy in car just to get off of Wilson, right? Which sends a message that will resonate throughout the entire building. So when you try to trot Zach Wilson back out there and you're like, come on, guys, we got to get behind Zach. They're like, we got to get behind Zach. You just spent six months telling us not to get behind Zach. You yeah. weren't behind Zach, right? So to that point, I understand where Greeny's coming from. You could literally bring anybody else there. It's just that he's Zach Wilson. It's, it's almost not even his play anymore. It's that he's Zach Wilson, right? Like, I feel like as an organization, they killed him so much. A lot of it's his fault. But 
so much so that you could never put him back up there and be like, let's get behind this guy. I think another good point they made this morning, though, was also these guys are professionals. Stop crying about it and go play. Like, at some point, guess what? Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back. It's over with. Like, not walking through that door? The hype was there. He's not walking through that door. The hype was there. (laughs) It's there. You guys thought you were going to have this type of season. It sucks. It's terrible. It's a shitty situation, but you got to move over it. We don't need to come up here with your head coach looking despondent in every single press conference and all that. Like, just get over it. But, yes, I think for them, they cannot trot Wilson out there for too much longer. you got to bring quarterbacks in. And you've just got to bring in somebody who can bring some stability and belief to the guys, even if he sucks. Why Go get Tyrod. Go get me a guy. They went and got Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I don't understand that. There's other guys he could have got. Why? Why Trevor Simeon? Go get a guy who brings like – and I don't know how Simeon is behind the scenes. Maybe he is very professional and all that. It seems like they just want a professional. Right, like you just don't want Zach. Well, Jack Wilson just seems like he's like a, a freaking frat boy in there, and like you know, just just doesn't take it seriously. And I think guys just don't no, want to be around. No, that. no, no. I think he's just not very good. He's not good, but I think it's also him. You remember the press conference last year when they asked him, "Is the you know, is uh, well, what is it, that bad? was yeah. that that was still at the point in his mind where he was going to be the guy regardless. Yeah. So he thought it was sweet and could just say whatever he wanted. They said, "Do you think?" uh I think he what he said. Do you? Then they asked him, "Do you owe an apology to the defense?" He said, or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Like, no, yeah. Nah. Hell. Oh, but yeah, I, I agree, man. I feel like it's tough if that's where it is. If there's no confidence in the locker room behind him, and guys just can't get behind it. They're never going to play. They're not going to play as hard because they know they don't have a chance. But that's on your coaching staff too, man. That's on Salah. If Salah's if Salah better pull out his best TED talk to get these guys turned around, because if, that, if that's your main job as a coach, as a motivator, which is what we saw in Hard Knocks, right? He is a motivator. He he wants to be like a Mike Tomlin type guy. Then you've got to start motivating. It's funny. You br- I, I actually thought about that, that this, the Robert Sala TED Talk thing, when I was thinking about what, like, what do they do from here? Because they lose their guy in Rodgers, who essentially they put all their egg back. They're all their eggs in. Everybody was the, the entire franchise was on his back. And he welcomed it. But I don't know if Salah has the coaching prowess to like coach these guys up enough to get over the Zach Wilson thing. Does anybody? I don't know. But a guy like Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin. seems to fit that bill. Mike Tomlin. Mike Salah, Tomlin. <laughs> Salah doesn't really fit that bill, right? So that's where it gets you get down on that. That's where it gets really interesting. Like, man, these guys do need to get over it. They need to get over it. Get over it. But you also need to go get them a guy. Well, and we bring up like the time. Well, like, let me I ask you this. Hold on. Do you yeah. think they need to get over it more, or do you think they need to get a guy for them to get over it? Like, is it just like it. A- you got to get over it regardless. Even if you can't get a guy, there might not be a guy for you to get. That could be a reality. Or you might, you got to get over it. Because whoever you bring in isn't going to be good. Whoever you bring in is not going to make a tangible difference on the football field. Do you remember the difference in vibe, though, when Mike? I, I think yeah, this they liked is- Mike White. Mike White, I, they should have never huh. let Mike White go. What do you do? They liked Mike White. They, they loved, fucking Mike White. loved Mike White. Yeah, Mike White would have never been off my roster. That's how much the hatred went for Zach Wilson. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And, they, and not, they didn't help. They it. don't like they him didn't as help a guy. the cause either. His coach didn't fuck with them. The organization didn't fuck with them. And they did not hide the fact that they didn't fuck with them, which makes it that much harder for then you didn't have to turn around and say, Yeah, you guys need to fuck with them. Like, no, we don't. You don't fuck with them. Yeah, this is, guy this, is Fugazi. this is all food. Yeah. yeah, this is all fake bullshit. This is all nonsense. fake, and we know it's fake. Like, this is too fake for us, right? And so when you're already one of these guys who give these monumental speeches, it's like, it's all phony. So you want to talk about phonies? They're looking at him like, nah, dude, this is phony. Y'all should have brought someone else in. I thought keeping Zach Wilson as the backup was a crazy idea to begin with. I was like, I was shocked they didn't bring somebody else. Well, in. no, that that was the best way to do it because he was. They were going to have to pay him anyway, and they maybe thought he could learn under Rodgers and then mm-hmm. have a full Listen, season, and then maybe another, you're bringing a we get a second look at him. 
they they were essentially locking themselves in to get a second look at Zach Wilson after a year of toolage from Aaron Rodgers. You got so I wasn't, two years of look. I wasn't mad at that, but yeah, the problem the problem with that is if Aaron Rodgers goes down, <laughs> you got to play Zach Wilson. But but you brought up a good point as far as like with Tomlin, it's like no, this wouldn't happen, right? That's the difference. Like that is why Mike Tomlin is where he is. I texted the group chat the other day. Tomlin is going to win nine games with this team. Like, hate it or love it, some you, you watch them play on Sunday. It was the most Mike. The last two wins they have are the most Mike Tomlin Steelers victories you will ever see in your life. That's why he set up the game last week. I'm not going to apologize for winning. And then this week he goes, "We're just trying to build winning habits." He's not that noise doesn't get in that building. I don't care if they have uh, Zach Wilson at quarterback. They could have Zach whoever the fuck at quarterback. He's going in like we're here to win. I don't want to hear that. That's not the excuse that we're making. There's a standard here. If you do your job, we will put ourselves in a position to win no matter who's back there. So, yeah, you got to get over it, man. And that's on Salah. That is on Salah. If this thing falls apart completely, Robert Salah has to go. The hangover's on Salah. Has to go. If it if if they go 7-10, and 10, great. And try hard, hey, man, yeah, great. Come back. If they go 3-14, and 14, right? If they go like 3-14... and 14, or something like that, you gotta move off of him because it's like, dude, you couldn't yeah, like five and twelve. Yeah, you couldn't rally the truth. This is still a talented football team. Yeah, you couldn't rally the boys up. You couldn't coach you them up. Yeah, this is still a talented football team. We got talent all over the place. We got one of the best cornerbacks in the league. We have an emerging stud wide receiver. We got a shit ton of talent on defense. We have two really good running backs. We've yeah, we didn't lose well. We didn't lose Rodgers in week seven. We lost him in week one. Yeah, exactly. We didn't, we didn't really get used to playing with them. Right, right. And then they were talking about, like, oh, Hackett has to change the game plan for Wilson versus Rodgers. Like, well, isn't that what he's paid to do? Then change the game plan, bro. What the fuck are we talking about? You knew two minutes into, into the first game that you weren't going to have Aaron Rodgers the rest of the year. You know what I'm doing when I get home that night after week one? I'm developing a brand new offensive scheme that takes the ball out of Wilson's hands and we figure it out, but that's what you're paid to do. You're not supposed to sit there and be like, oh, we're fucked. Oh, well. You know what I mean? It just sounds like that's kind of what's going on over there, and I put that on the head coach. Put it on the head coach. You're not the first guy to never play with the quarterback, bro. Shit happens. You lost your quarterback, man. Tom, hey, hey, Tom Brady went down, and Matt Castle came in and won 12 ball games. I don't want to hear it. But do you think Bill Belichick was in there like, oh, fuck, guys. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he's like, no, Matt's our guy. Last time a new guy stepped up, we won six Super Bowls. So I to, trust me, it'll be all right. Yeah, I think this is a the, – the Wilson situation is a little different than that, but sure. it is about getting the guys to buy in and saying, hey, this is but what But you're letting them believe it's with. a little different than that. That's the problem. You're letting your guys believe it's a different situation. You cannot but it's, let that happen. Next man up. But it's also – it's also the same guys looking at you like, go get us a guy, bro. Yeah. What you we'll doing? Worry about that. Yeah, let me worry. Yeah, I guess that is their answer. Let yeah, me we'll worry, worry about, about that. that. Let me worry about sure. personnel. Are you yeah. here? Your check come on Friday, bro? Don't worry about what the fuck we're doing upstairs. You worry about when it's time. Are you are you handling your business? Especially if you're on defense, because last time I checked, Aaron Rodgers don't play D. So y'all boys really need to be handling business. I don't want to hear it. Sauce Gardner, you were the number one ranked PFF cornerback coming in this year. Show me. Yeah. Right? Show me who y'all are. That's what it's this about. Is, that, that's, you know what Fox also said? Rewrite the story. Be like, this is the team that won nine games after Aaron Rodgers went down. Like, flip the net. Whatever you got to tell yourself to get up in the morning, right, and go hard, that's what you got to do. If this these is, boys just this thought is a case study. This is great. This it is also, a great. It also this is a case study. mentality that they allowed to creep in once Rodgers got there too. It speaks a lot to that that they must have really got complacent. Like, yo, everything that's wrong with us is going to be fixed by Aaron Rodgers, which is a whole nother issue. You should have never let that creep in. So it says a lot, bro. This should happen the fourth play of Week One. We are in Week Four. Let's move on. We'll leave that's it there. All solid. We'll leave it there. I think that's it's a really interesting situation across the board from human case study to the just the mentality, the the group think part of it. Every everything about this is very, very interesting. Cause I'm not sure does Zach Wilson even have any homies in the locker room that he could go to to try to I work. Get, I get the sense that guys like him as a person. 
Probably a great guy. No, to go out I, I get with. the sense. I get the sense that guys liked him when they knew that he wasn't playing. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. He's probably kicking his ass. Like, go come over play Xbox, man. But like, now hey, that yeah, he's sure playing, it's like, oh man, this is. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he's a bad dude. He's probably great. Go out, kick it. You know, go to the bar, talk to chicks. Zach is great. But when it comes to <laughs> fucking putting on the chin strap and having to deliver some victory on a Sunday afternoon, things get different. It's a different story. All right, it's let's a get story. over. So, yes, both things can be true. But ultimately, the team and the coaching staff need to pull it together. You can't. They're, they're very, like, depressed. I said that as soon after he went down. Like, I didn't like his press conference. after he went, They won the ball game, and he looked like his dog just died. Salah did after the press conference. Let's start off with the quarterback. We're going to be on for a while. Shut up, bro. Hey, man, Aaron Rodgers out, but we just got a victory. That's what we need to do. Whatever happens without Rodgers, this is how we got to play every time. I'm so happy for these guys. I'm fired up. I'll tell y'all more about Rodgers tomorrow, but these boys just went out there and kicked ass. Instead, it was so despondent. You would have thought they lost by 30. That's what That was sign number one for trouble on that guy. After getting Tom the would have been like, yeah, Zach Wilson came in and got us a victory. Zach's our guy, so what? I'm not going to apologize for winning. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's such great. a real statement. I'm not going to apologize for winning. Yeah, that's not a chance. It's a great. It's a. It's a. It's a great you, clip. You will never hear me come up here and be upset about winning a damn ball game. Fuck is wrong with y'all? Come on, uh, man. All right, let's get into best bets. I'm going to give Nick a couple of a couple of games that have interesting numbers and see if he can guess them. Apparently he hasn't looked yet. at the board yet. I don't no, know how that's possible. But boardless on on uh, he, he says he hasn't looked at the board yet. But okay, let me give you this. Other one. than the Bears, I know the Bears line because we we talked about that. Yeah, already. yeah, of course, of course. But let's talk. Let's talk about your boy Mike Tomlin. Now two and one have won. Uh, have won two straight. They go to Houston, who has been competing their ass off Crappy. in Week Four. Guess the line. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Houston Texans Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern. Minus four and a half. Pittsburgh? Yeah. Pittsburgh minus three. Mm. Texans oh. have been sensational. Look, wow. I'll tell you this. Let's talk, about CJ. Let's talk about CJ Stroud for a second. Nice. Good play. Was going back and forth with Eli. Shout out our boy Linoff. Plus 450 to win rookie of the year for CJ Stroud. And look, well, first of all, I wouldn't look at that ticket because apparently B. John Robinson is Barry Sanders times two. Anybody that's a rookie that goes to Atlanta is already a Hall of Famer. Bijan, uh, our boy Kyle Pitts. Man, they, they, they got to get him to rock. Oh, hey, listen, bro. Free Kyle Pitts. We need free to Kyle Pitts, We're very close to people. You want to talk about early, early reaction? We're very close to free Kyle Pitts. I don't see enough Kyle Pitts highlights on the TL. But listen to this number. First rookie in quarterback history without an interception in his first 110 pass attempts. That's C.J. Stroud. When pressured, number three in EPA, expected points added, attempt, uh, expected points added per attempt, number three, and then number three in yards per attempt. This is a rookie in the NFL. So shout out C.J. Stroud. He's been doing his thing. All right, let me give you another one. What are, I'm going to give you some tough ones. Three. Wow, that's so much respect for the Houston Texans. Yeah. Well, this is – I want to say Pittsburgh was on the road last week. No, they were at home last week. They were at home. Yeah. There's a lot of respect. That's okay. Good, yeah. Talk to me about the Bengals. Coming off a Monday night scrappy win, man. They just grinded it out. We talked about Burrow coming back, how that affects the number. Bengals now go to Tennessee – to play the Titans, both teams one and two. Give me the line there. Joe Burrow looked about 75%, now goes to play Derrick Henry, Henry, Ryan Tannehill. The total is 41. What's the number? Oh, man. It's got – there's no way the Bengals aren't favorite. Uh, I'll go four and a half again on this. No, you you got too heavy. Minus two and a half for the Bengals. Really? Yeah, like anything when you start to get towards that like three, three and a half, four and a half is basically is a damn near, four and a half, yeah. damn near yeah. six. Yeah, you know what I'm saying <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking about how the Bengals looked on defense last year. All right, last I'm sorry, last week as far as that defensive front, that defensive front is for real. Their issues are on the offensive side of the ball. I think their defense is really solid. Um, what were the two two white guys they got over there? Is it Hendricks? And uh, yeah, Hendricks is coming off the end. And, yeah, and then um, there's another guy. Um, I forget his – I don't know why I'm blanking on it. It was cold for them in the Super Bowl run. 
Um, but anyways, yeah, their yeah, defensive yeah. line is their defensive line is for real. And then we talk about some of the issues that Tennessee has now with Derrick Henry. I think you had put up that stat in the group chat uh, the other day. He has yet to break a tackle this year. Yeah, I'm gonna whereas, I'm gonna lay that out for you right now. Yeah, whereas before, what was it like eight eight broken tackles per fifty carries or something like that, whatever it was. So I mean, that's a that is one of those most telling stats you can see as far as decline on a player when he's no a longer running breaking back. tackles. That's different. So now you're putting that game into Tannehill's hands against that defensive line. And what, for me, if I'm the Bengals, I view as a get-right game. Um, I think the Bengals go in there and absolutely crush them. I will 1,000% lay the two and a half on that right now as soon as we end this podcast. There you go. And, I, and you know, I'm not I'm not confident in the Bengals like that. I told you last week, uh, that Rams game, I didn't like it. But I do feel like uh, Tennessee is, uh, is ripe for the picking. Derrick Henry, through 51 attempts this year, has yet to break a tackle, not one. Last year, he led the league with 35 pure broken tackles. That's one broken tackle per 10 attempts. Yeah, things to look at for running backs. Yards after contact. Yeah, where, where initial contact is coming from the line of scrimmage. I mean, a lot of that stuff has to do with the offensive line. But pure broken tackles for a guy that led the league, had one every 10 to not have one through the first three weeks of the season, might be telling that King Henry – might be slowing down a bit here. All right, let me give you one more, and then we'll get into some best bets. 3.2 yards per carry, so yeah. Yeah. Not good. Damn, I'm, I'm heavy-handed right now, man. I need to, need to readjust. What about Thursday? What about what about the game tomorrow night? Lions go to Green Bay. Lions coming off a big W against the Falcons. They whooped that ass. Packers coming off a comeback W at home, but it's a short week, Thursday night football. Total sits at 445 and a half. Three and a half. No, man, dude. Lions minus one and a half. At Green Bay? At Green Bay. You you were saying Green Bay was minus three and a half? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that no, hell no. Lions are the favorite. It's a pick 'em essentially. Why? I got the I got the Packers in a I got the Packers. Why in wouldn't a why wouldn't Green Bay be favored in this game? Uh, you tell me. I'm asking you. Yeah, I, Lions, I, was, I, I, I thought for sure Green Bay. I got Green Bay minus three and a half. Well, there. I'll say this. The Lions defense has taken a massive step up since they fired their DB coach week, I want to say week eight or nine last year. Still got Aaron Glenn. They've been playing top, top ball since then, and they've been playing really well this uh, this year. The What they did against Atlanta was awesome. They were lights yeah. out at home, indoors against Atlanta. Bijan got bottled up. Ritter didn't do too much. They had their number. Short week going to Green Bay. This feels like the total sits at 45 and a half. That feels a little high to me. Yeah, this feels, feels like 24, high. 20. You think this is one of those Thursday 20, night uh, shit fests? 20, 2017 type of games the way – because – yeah, I, I think that number on the total is a little too high. So give me another one. I'm, I got to redeem myself, man. I really missed on that one. That was the worst one I've had. Yeah. Okay. Then let's do. I mean, these are they're all short numbers for the most part this week. Outside of like Philly is at home against the Commanders, land eight and a half, which is too many. I'll tell you that right now. That's a lot. Um. What about? This is an interesting one. Monday Night Football, New York Football Giants at home. Hosting the two and one Seahawks. Giants have lost two games, but they're to the best two defenses in the NFC without question in the Cowboys and the 49ers. Seattle has beat the Panthers and the Rams. Mm -hmm. And now on primetime, go to a hungry Giants team. What's that number? Totals at 47. That's a tough one. <laughs> Giants plus one and a half. Other way. Giants minus ah, one and a half. Giants, I knew it was one and a half. <laughs> Giants minus one and a half. I no, knew it was, was one. Close. It had to be one and a half one way. Damn it. Yeah, I got a number for you. It had to be you. one and a half one way. Yeah. Because I actually I actually <laughs> really like uh, – that's going to be my best bet. We'll just roll into that. That's going to be my best bet. Giants minus one and a half Monday night. The – I like that. The deep, I think Dayball, a little extra time, is going to have those boys ready. I think the Giants are undervalued right now overall, purely on the fact that they got murdered. 
by the Cowboys and the Niners, who are just unbelievable on defense. And just how bad they look. Though. And how they Order pressure. Scoring. Those guys, those guys pressure. When Daniel Jones, when Daniel Jones wasn't pressured versus the Niners, he was 11 of 17. So he's efficient when he's not pressured. The Seahawks are not going to get pressure like they did on Daniel Jones on Monday night. So I really like the spot for the Giants. I'll lay the minus one and a half. You can get the money line minus 118. I'm not mad at that at all either. If you don't want to worry about losing by a point, that'd be nasty stuff. So that would hurt. So you can lay the 18 cents or the eight cents and uh, take the money line. But I like the Giants minus one and a half. Nick, who's the worst third down defense in the NFL? The Chicago Bears. They are giving and Nick. <laughs> On third down, they are giving up a first down on third down 60% of the time, the Chicago Bears. That is the worst in the NFL. Who's right above them at 31? Seattle Seahawks, like 57.8, almost 58% on third down. That defense has been getting gashed. They gave up, I want to say, 31, 30. Here, just just so I don't mess it up. They gave up. They gave up. 30 to the Rams, 31 to the Lions, and and 27 to the Andy Dalton Panthers. Yeah. So that is a, a spot that I'm not – I really like the Giants in that spot. I'll lay the one and a half, and I'll take the money line. That's my best bet for the week coming in. What about – what are you looking at? Yeah, I'm on that Bengals minus two and a half. I that love is, it. Huh? I really, I really love it. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I think the Bengals go in there. They hit Burrow it. doesn't worry you. Burrow does worry me, but I would say the, the issues with the On Titans worry week. me a lot more. Yeah, Burrow. The issues with the Titans worry me a lot more. Um, again, they cannot run the football right now. I think that, that defensive line from the Bengals is hungry, ready to go. Um, I think Burrow got better last week. If you look at him first, the first two weeks versus last week, he looked a little bit more comfortable last week. Still not 100%, but I don't think he needs to be in this game. And, again, their defense has really stepped up, and I just don't see how the uh, the Titans move the ball or score any points with the Derrick injury issues. You're really putting the game on Ryan Tannehill versus Joe Burrow, and I'm going to bet with Joe Burrow every single time. Quarterback versus quarterback. Quarterback versus quarterback. If you want to yeah. keep it simple, you can always go. You can always go quarterback versus quarterback. And I don't think that. And I and I also I'm not. I don't. I don't think Tennessee is some crazy home field advantage where Cincinnati is going to go in there and struggle um, because of that Nashville crowd. I think it's fine. Short week concerns me a bit, but I think if you're the Bengals, <clears throat> this is that. This is one of those games again where I talk about like a get right game. Like we need to go in there and establish something. Um, as opposed to staring down the barrel, be a one and three. Some other numbers I think are interesting. The Chargers minus five and a half at home against the Raiders. Yeah, I don't like that. There might be a lot of Raiders fans in the building. I think the Chargers run over those boys. I like that spot. I think they're going to put up a ton of points on Oakland or Las Vegas. Um, what's another spot? It's another interesting spot. Panthers plus three and a half at home, 0 and three against the Vikings. Wait to see who plays quarterback for for Carolina. Three and a half feels like a little hefty to me. I, yeah. I would I would never ever look at Minnesota in that spot. So yeah, there's some there's a couple of interesting games on the board here, no question. Still pissed off. I didn't I didn't take Philly. I can't believe it. Baker. We knew we I was I got I got somehow got scared of Baker Mayfield for some reason. What do you know. think about the what do you what about where are you at with the Ravens? What do you think about the Ravens getting two and a half going into Cleveland? Is that is that just like a I, I would say a lot of sharps that I've talked to love Buffalo. Buffalo at home against the Dolphins. That was minus opened at minus two and a half is now at three. I think that's the toughest game on the board. And then second, without without Ravens question, Browns. is Ravens Browns. You don't know what you're gonna get from the Browns. Like yeah, yeah Watson, I want nothing to do with both of those games. To be Watson is is literally series to series completely different quarterback. If you look at the game last week, he had the off one of the worst. Was that a fumble, a pick, whatever he did when he turned around and threw the ball backwards? Uh, yeah. One of the worst plays I've ever seen from a quarterback in my entire he life. He played better last week <laughs> than he has, but yeah. But Penn played a lot better the rest of the game. Yeah, Looked exactly. way better. And it looked like, like I, I am privately obviously pulling for the Browns. I got a pretty hefty bet on that plus 250 to get in that wild card spot. So I'm uh, I'm Mr. Browns right now. But yeah, they I got a good a team. Really tough game. And Baltimore hasn't looked as dominant as I thought they would as far as offensive. 
All right, there you go. I'm on Giants minus one and a half Monday night, and we'll be right on Tuesday to talk to y'all about that. After that, after that comes in and cashes. Big Nick, the quick love, Bengals minus two and a half in Nashville, taking on the Tennessee Titans. We'll leave it there. No catch up sports talk via Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Little, for Big Nick, the quick. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. Tell a homie to tell a friend. We'll see y'all next time.